I'm having a problem, JJ. We kicked off 2024, and I am relating to the wrong people in the movies that we have watched. <laughs> so much to the point that Oshi now has told her parents, family, everybody that if she ever goes missing, I'm the one who did it. Welcome to the What's Up Verdict Podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Matson Heiner. Yeah, better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Yeah, let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button. Tell a friend about us. Uh, tell your local serial killer about us. Um, or cannibal. Don't tell your local serial killer about our podcast. <laughs> For the love of everything that is holy. Come on. Do serial okay killers even exist anymore? I feel like with oh. the the rise of the internet and all these things, like it's just it's harder to do that thing. It was nice knowing you, Matson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like it was like in the 70s and 80s. This movie came out in 91, and I think it was quite spurred on because of all that happened in those times, but it's just certainly not as popular in cinema these days anymore. Well, sure, not in cinema, but I think there's still plenty of serial killers out there. It's harder to do that, man. You just get someone tweets about you, Instagram and all that, like TikTok. Dude, you got you got to watch out for all people taking videos of everything. Sure. No, I agree. But it would be trickier. But I still think. In fact, I don't know. I'm going to stop there. Yeah, let's, let's stop. Uh, talk about uh, zero. Is, is JJ stop. about to confirm he knows a serial? I'm like, <laughs> can we do this podcast anymore? Hey, look, I know a couple of people that probably could be. Well, yeah, I could be one, but the the fact of the matter is, I don't want people knowing. Well, sure, <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this podcast. I live in Thailand, if you're wondering. So, <laughs> I, I, in fact, I have a really two really good friends that it would not surprise me. Like, I think they have the mental and emotional fortitude for it. Like, have, didn't oh, we've had that? Is one of them Matson? No, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't know if they listen. You to that, told them like, "Hey, you like I oh yeah, think talked you about it. could be a silly zero kill." Thank goodness you're not. But like, if in another yeah. life, like, sure. And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And you're like, "Ooh, like, still friends?" Nah, it's, I want to be friends with them. You they don't, don't kill know their what friends. Can set like, them off, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, I'd they, say for JJ. Most serial killers don't kill their friends. They kill random ass people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not worried. But yes, I know a couple of people that probably could do the work and not have a problem. So, yeah. Anyway, with well, we're, that. We're going to have to talk offline about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, I, I can't say that about a single friend that I have. Yeah, I got two um we might so we need to check your it. friend group just yeah, yeah. might need to do that and yeah. everyone listening if we don't have an episode next week now you know why <laughs> well that, yeah it's fair enough check back um, in february we'll, we'll yeah, probably have one we'll next see week. how that goes february <laughs> yeah see how that goes um with that as you if you couldn't tell we're reviewing as part of the afi top 100 movies we like from that list uh silence of the lambs it was released I love this release date. Somebody was thinking when they did this. February 14th, 1991. It was written by Thomas Harris and Ted Talley. It was directed by Jonathan Demme. 
It stars Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, Scott Glenn, Ted Levine, Anthony Heald, Brooke Smith, Diana Baker, Casey Lemons, and Charles Napier. Um, a young FBI cadet must receive the help of an incarcerated and manipulative cannibal killer to help catch another serial killer, a madman who skins his victims. Um, yeah. This is, uh, this, I, I'll just, this is, look, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it fully deserves to be on the AFI top 100 list. In fact, I think it should be higher than what it is, if I'm being honest, because I think it's kind of middle of the group, if I remember right. Um, yeah, but I have some black and white movies in front of it. Move those back. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think it's it's up there, um, which I'll talk about. But I'm interested, Alec. You'd never seen this movie. That's true. Oh. Never seen this. This was. I guess technically, I hadn't seen the full movie, but I've seen the critical pieces. Gotcha. Now you haven't seen it though for like it was very purposeful. Because yeah. You're not a horror movie guy, not so a you assume guy, that so this I was assumed one of those. that this was going to be one mm-hmm. of those. And I mean, it wasn't what I was thinking, but I have, you know, I watched it two days ago. I have not walked into a single room without checking my left hand sh- <laughs> shoulder corner. Um, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I'm having a problem, JJ. We kicked off 2024 and. I am relating to the wrong people in the movies that we have watched. <laughs> so much to the point that Oshi now has told her parents, family, everybody that if she ever goes missing, I'm the one who did it. So there Fair. goes, you know, there goes my back half plan of marriage. But anyways, well, we lost Alec. Hey, at least you got married before Alec. There you go. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, I was like. I might have a problem. <laughs> Do I need to add a third friend to the list? <laughs> you might, JJ. Uh, I did notice too as I was watching this that I'm like, our first three movies are about <laughs> murder and mayhem. Like, I, it's like there's a theme with the AFI that I'm just starting to notice here. They like movies about murder, so yeah. But oh, Anthony Hopkins. Dude. crushed it in this dude and even with like that performance because he wasn't on screen a whole lot no was something that it's was like 18 minutes yeah like and you have your two top people right jody foster and anthony hopkins and like they they hardly ever shared the screen yeah which was fascinating that it was so good and you have these performances that last even though they they don't share the screen I was yeah. uh, I was shocked. I'll say that I was shocked for more than one reason. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was pretty stoked. Yeah, it's crazy huh? how little he's in it. But yeah, Anthony Hopkins to me had Heath Ledger status in this role where it just absolutely crushed it to the point where I, I was looking at Tay and I was like, when this movie released, whoever his significant other was, uh, you just had to ask themselves, like, how do I, how do I feel about a person that can act this believable in this type of setting? And that's the same like Heath Ledger thing or like Mel Gibson when he gets angry. I always appreciate people that can act in a way that's so genuinely believable. It's to the point of like it's scary if that is like inside of you. And I mean. I think that's the best thing you can say about an actor is when they bring those things to the screen. And 
yeah, he's not on it a ton, but st- steals the scene every time. And the, I don't know if he lost a little bit of weight for this. Maybe he did because just the way his eyes looked in his face with like his skin being so taut and his eyes at times just kind of feeling like they were wanting to jump out of their skull and eat you alive. Um, impressive. So uh, for that alone, like for me, this movie at times, the, like the pace of this movie can kind of hum and haw a little bit, but I think there's intentionality behind that. It stops and starts. But I'm glad they took their time when he was on screen just to show those those raw emotions. Like it was impressive. Yeah. You're saying, Alec, you know why he I know why it's so fucking creepy, Matson, because I did some research. He doesn't blink when he talks. Yeah. Uh the entire movie, this motherfucker does not blink when he's speaking. Yep. I even watched it back some scenes. Just I was like, no, no way. Watch it back. Yeah, hundred percent. That's not something he he like he made himself choice. do. Yeah, okay. he, yeah choice. he made himself do it, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and he 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 never he didn't talk about it too much, but he mentioned he never blinked purposefully, and then he opened his eyes super wide all the time, and that was partially because it made it easier for him to not blink, but. It also like added to the and like he had to do it without he had to figure out like he was talking about he would sit in the mirror and do it. The eyebrow because you do like that, like, yeah, then that doesn't look good. So he had to like get his muscles right there. Yeah, he had to figure out how to do it to not raise his eyebrows or lower his mouth. And so like, but yeah, like I'm with you. And it's like his whole and his voice, like the just slow, methodical so another interesting story from this, they recently did some interviews because Jodie Foster's getting ready to be in the, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the True Detective series on HBO. Oh, dude, you must watch them. If you haven't watched, seriously, there's two, three seasons, two, three, three seasons. You should watch it. Really great. It's slow burn, but it's very similar to this. The first season's got Matthew McConaughey and, uh, damn, I can't remember, but very different. Well, you should seriously watch at least the first season, but I would recommend the first and the third seconds eh. first and the third are outrageously good. Well, anyway, there's a fourth season coming on January 14th that has Jodie Foster in the lead. And they've, so they've been interviewing her a ton and they've been talking about her playing another police officer investigator. So it brings a lot back to this role of Clarice Starling. And so they were asking her about the scene the first time she meets Hannibal. Well, she had never met Anthony Hopkins before that. Like this is her first interaction with the man is that first scene where she sits down in front of him. And, you know, she had just gotten, you know, ridiculed by this other agent or this other crazy person in the cell next to him. And like, but she said that she didn't know how he was going to play this. And she goes, he terrified me. Like it was terror. And the, like the part that he makes fun of her accent is an ad lib. Like it's not part of the script mm-hmm. where he talk or, and then like him shifting his accent to match that West Virginian drawl. Like that was all him deciding to do that, to kind of make fun of her at the same time of like trying to poke at her to see if she'll react. And like, he was really, she was that uncomfortable. He, she goes, the un, me looking as uncomfortable as I was, I didn't have to act that. He made it possible for me to be that uncomfortable because I was. Because I'd never met him. I never knew him. 
And here's this man making me just uncomfortable. <laughs> and I was like, he makes me uncomfortable and I'm just watching the shit. So I can't even imagine trying to play against him. And I, I've talked about Anthony Hopkins and his method, like tone blue in the face, maybe not on the podcast, but he memorizes his lines to the point of ridiculousness. Like that's his thing. He goes, if I can say it without thinking about it, then I can pay attention to the performance versus the lines. He goes, a lot of problems that actors get into is they have to think about their lines. Therefore they can't think about the performance, the facial expressions, the body language. And he goes, and I don't want to ever have to worry about that. What matters to me is the body language, the fit, my performance. And so I memorize my lines to the point that I, I don't have to ever worry about saying the line. And you see that in his performances from start to finish. When I watch all of his movies that I love him in, like you're just like, I, it's his, his mannerisms that are so intriguing and to me. And this movie is no exception. In fact, this, again, we talked <laughs> earlier for our Patreon. You guys, if you're not part of our Patreon, you should check it out just for the movie we just reviewed, <laughs> but for Patreon only, but like, it's one of those things where it should be, if it's not, it should be part of a film school or an acting class because nobody does it better than Anthony Hopkins. And, and in 18 minutes or whatever it is that he was in this movie, eight minutes, I don't know, not long, he won an Oscar for it. And he should because it's outrageously good. So, yeah. So I have a question for you, JJ, because you yeah. might know, or Matson, I apologize if this is in the Matson's trivia section and I'm stealing your thunder. It's but probably not. <laughs> so this was kind of like his last stitch effort mm -hmm. as a film actor. And my question is why? Like, there's no way that this performance is so much better than what he was doing before. That nobody thought, oh, hey, this guy's got it. Let's give him more stuff. But this is where he broke out in cinema. Yeah, I, I think it was why. I think it was choices, if I'm being honest, like. He started out as a, a Shakespeare. Shakespeare. He does. He's done a lot of Shakespeare, and he did a lot of stage. But he did a lot of British stuff in the '60s and '70s, and it was like nothing major. He did a lot of TV. Um, it, it was just one of those things. Now I haven't listened to any interviews or him talk about it, but other than I'm sure the ones that you have or at least read where he talks about, look, I was almost done. Like I was. But he's also not, and even when he was younger, in fact, he's one of these guys that I think, and I don't know, I'm not a woman, so I couldn't tell you I'm not gay, so I don't look at him as that. But, I mean, I, I'm very attracted to men at certain times. But he, when you look at him, like, he's not your typical leading man either. You know what I mean? Like, he's just not. And so in all of his roles at that point, like, it's not something where he's getting a role because of his face. He's not getting a role because – he does things that are very odd in his choices and in his acting, he takes things very seriously. And so this movie allowed that to shine, I think, whereas previous roles and, and again, I'm speculating to a certain degree, but I can't think of anything before this other than his Shakespeare stuff that I've watched, but I've seen pictures and I've seen videos like where they've done like the talking about, you know, his like when he's gotten like the lifetime achievement awards and shit they'll show like old pictures of like old black and white films that he did and then like 1970s and 60s stuff that he did and you're like he just looks very different and so but he's i think he's always kind of had that level of 
skill, but I also think he gained a little bit because it was so hard for him. Like he, part of the reason I bet he does what he does is because he's like, I got to figure out my thing. Right. That makes me, but goddamn this movie. Well, he figured it out in this. Sure. Sure. Well, and he's like, there's two other films in the trilogy, right? There's, I mean, this is a series of three books that this was based off of. This is actually the middle book. The original one is the red dragon, which they made a movie of, and it was prior to, they did it as a prequel type thing. And then there's Hannibal, which is the sequel, the, the next chapter with Clarice Starling. And the, the both of those movies, Red Dragon's pretty good. It's got Ed Norton in it. I like the Red Dragon. Hannibal's not great other than Anthony Hopkins because they had to replace uh, – jeez. Clarice Starling was played by a different actress. Oh, no Jodie so, Foster? No Jodie Foster. She wouldn't come back. Um, and it just didn't land as well. Like, just didn't work. But Anthony Hopkins is still amazing when you get to spoiler, but there's a scene at the end of Hannibal where they're all sitting at a dinner table and it's, it's a scene directly out of the book where Hannibal, there's a, a detective and FBI guy that's chasing him and played by Ray Liotta. And he drugs him up, cuts the top of his head off at the dinner table, pulls the top of his head off, Cuts a piece of his brain out while the man is fucking alive and talking because you can do that. Cuts a piece of his brain off, fries it in front of him and feeds it to him. And the whole time there's this dialogue going on between the three of them, Starling, him and Ray Liotta's character. And you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, and it's so good because of Anthony Hopkins. Like he carries Hannibal and he carries Red Dragon to a certain degree. But Red Dragon's much better. There's some good actors in it. Without Hannibal, I mean, I love Ray Liotta, but Hannibal wouldn't have been as good. It, it's more of a shock and awe. There's a lot of like, whoa, shit, gruesome scenes. But yeah, I love him as Hannibal. Like Hannibal Lecter is one of my favorite characters, not because he's a good dude, but because the way Anthony Hopkins plays him is so fucking good. Anyway, I'm rambling. I, I'm never watching Hannibal now. Jesus, <laughs> you should at least watch that scene, dude. It's no, so that's good. The, that's the reason I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> so good. Well, and the worst part, like Ray Liotta's, like this is good. Like as he's munching on his own brain, it's so it's rough. Yeah. Must be a hard scene for you to watch, Jay. Ray, Ray Liotta's one of your good-looking men. I love Ray Liotta. That guy's sexy. And he was, he was younger Ray Liotta, too. Like, yeah, I like Ray Liotta. It's good stuff. Great movie. But, yeah, I mean, and Silence of the Lamb, here's the other thing about this, though, like, is you wouldn't think it, but, like, Jodie Foster does really well in this, too. And I think one of the things that I like the most about her in this is, like, she's this kind of shy, quiet, like, out of her element because she's this time, especially in a man's world in the FBI, right? Like that's a big piece of the narrative of this movie and in the book. And like, but she holds her own against these very charismatic, very powerful men. Like she wins over Hannibal. Nobody's been able to do it up to that point. And it's not because she's young and sexy and he, it's because she doesn't shy away from being honest with them 
and he, uh, she allows him to psychoanalyze her like and dig into the harder parts of her life which to him that's that's important that's what he found sexy is the fact that she was allowed if you read the book you can get a little even more into the character is that what attracts him to her is her politeness and her willingness to be open to get something for what he's giving or to give something for what he's giving right so that balance is what he likes it's not her looks or it's her mind and her very straightforward nature which is really intriguing to me and i think that jody foster played it very well perfectly intimidated and yet not willing to bend or break but willing to go you scare the fuck out of me but i need something from you and i have to save this girl and you're a great leapfrog for my career right so i love i really enjoy the way she plays and i think that's part of the reason that hannibal didn't work for me because the jody foster just played it so well and it just doesn't carry forward in the other movie but i loved it in this so but I don't hear you guys. Talk. I've been talking fucking forever because I could talk ages about this movie. But. Dude, it's entrancing listening to you talk about this movie. <laughs> this is what I think this might be one of the films that like. Look, we all know I love Star Wars. I love nerd shit. But I think when it comes to like mo- loving films and movies, this might have been the one that really got me on it. When Because I remember I saw this the first time when I was 12 years old and it freaked me the fuck out because he's so creepy. But I was like he was so believable that I kept going. He scares me. Like I watched Friday the 13th and I'm like, Oh no, he's going to kill him, but I can watch this. And I'm like, this fucker's the guy that's in my closet, right? Like this is terrifying. And I really enjoyed that. And then as I got older and I started watching and I understood more about what was happening and you know, it wasn't just creepy. It was like, Holy shit, this is so good. And then the thought process that's put into how it is and like the figuring out the crime and like watching her piece together what the clues he's feeding her right and like the dialogue between the two of them it yeah this one's one of my favorites in cinema period so and i haven't talked about wild bill yet but and that just, uh, yet. that's just a whole nother level like it's crazy because hannibal's the villain yeah right but he's not He's not. And yet he is. And it is that's part of the unnerving is like, who's the actual bad guy? Because I'm going to hang myself with this one. But I mean, I was going, you know what? Hannibal, he's not a bad guy. I haven't seen him do anything that I'd say is bad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I'm starting to be like, hey, you know what? Hannibal Lecter knows what's up. (laughs) Yeah. I shouldn't be saying that. And I'm probably the only person that does. But you start kind of wanting to be on his side a little bit to where, you know, you see the way that he gets treated by the, um, you know, I don't know, Anthony. character, Yeah. Yeah. Frederick Chilton or whatever. Chilton. And the, the senator from Tennessee and all these people like he is. That's kind of what you t- what you touched on, JJ. He's likes Clarice because she's open and honest with them. Everybody else fucks him over. When he is like he he ne- he's never the one to make the move, right? He always responds to how people are treating him, mm-hmm. and so for a lot of this movie, I was like, you know what, Hannibal's got bad dealt, bad hand, <laughs> which is not what I should be thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, Alec, were you uh, breastfed by your mother? 
uh, yeah, yeah, that's my mom. I don't remember. <laughs> sure, her tits are hard and he's so. hard. I was like, dude, this guy pulls no punches. He knows exactly yeah. which buttons to press. That's that's the best part about Hannibal. And if I recommend, like, if you haven't read the books, you should. Like, they're very good. Um, and they maybe, pull, maybe Alex shouldn't though. Yeah, I probably should. Yeah, read yeah maybe not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. No, I recommend them. They're really good. Um, I think the funny part is the Red Dragon is probably my favorite book of the trilogy, but like yeah this one's but yeah he just knows which buttons to push he also likes her too because she tricked him because she did get him with that fucking deal and he's like ooh, and that's i like that he asked her he's like was that a you thing and she goes yep anthrax island Yep, yeah i love it but yeah he turns out that he's not a good guy like but no, i love but i i'm twisted too fucker because <laughs> when he fucking tears up the cops and then like tricks them and shit like I'm like, good for you, Hannibal. Good on you, Hannibal. Like, <laughs> fuck it. I, I respect it. Like, yeah, I don't feel that way anymore after you told me what happens in Hannibal. And I'm like, yeah, he's a bad guy. So we'll. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Ray Liotta's character is not a good guy. Like, <laughs> you still kind of go, okay. <laughs> oh, this is so bad dude i'll tell you he but he but to your point and i think that goes back to anthony hawkins right like he plays it so well that you can't help but go i don't hate him <laughs> i should he's not good i know he fucking eats people with a nice chianti which was also ad-libbed by the way the the like sucking in of the breath and that that was he did that that was not scripted but yeah, like with fava beans and a nice Chianti, like probably one of the greatest lines in movie history. Like, but I can't help but root for him in a certain level. Like, it gets to the point where when he says, "I'm having an old friend for dinner," I'm oh, like, yeah. "Dude, go for it!" Yeah, and you see Chilton <laughs> walking off the plane, you're like, "Get him!" <laughs> telling you, telling you, it's it's well, and the fact, like, and he plays it to where. Like he's really kind to, in his own way, he's kind to Clarice. Like when she's on the phone with him, he's like, "You don't have to worry about me. That would be rude." Like, and she gets it. Like, he wouldn't. He won't come after me. He would consider that rude. Like, it's just like, I, I, yeah. He has his own code, right? And it's he lives by the code, and it's just so intriguing to me. And really, the Red Dragon, like. He sets up one of the characters like he builds this relationship kind of like he does with Clarice. And then he sets him up to get killed. Like you're like, but you're still like, that was clever, fucker. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's, I, I love him as a character. I think he's one of the greatest characters in literature and in movies. So, but yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Alec. You were about to say something. I was just going to say maybe we should actually talk about Buffalo Bill. I was just getting ready to talk about <laughs> Buffalo Bill. So go ahead, dude. I want to hear it. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> so here's something else. I've never seen this movie, right? Yeah. But I know that it puts the lotion on the skin. Sure. Everybody knows I that. think everybody knows that, right? So that was uh, like I knew it was from this movie and everything. But to see it, I was like, oh, yeah, I get the creepy now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah yep that's another 
actor that Ted Levine, man. Oh, yeah. He plays that good. Real good. good. And that's Uh, one of those scenes, too, that you remember. Not because just because that line, right? Because he's calling her an it so that he's detaching himself. uh But he shows that emotion. There's a little bit of chin quivering, which he's like saying, I want to see my mommy. Let me go. I won't, you know, and he and then he but then he cracks again because she starts acting instead of being sad and scared, she gets angry and starts screaming. And then he starts screaming and like just the, the range of emotions that he goes through in this like four and a half minute scene that you're like, Holy shit. I don't want to hang out with him though. Like, no, (laughs) this guy Mm -hmm. scares me. It did reinforce my oldest and, you know, most important rule of don't fucking help people (laughs) ever. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because this scene where he's like got his night vision goggles on first of all i was kind of laughing i was like really he can track what he's looking for through those hunk of junks yeah. but then you know the whole trying to put the chair in the back man i'm looking at going what an idiot and i'm walking. <laughs> i love that hey helping you do shit old yeah. man yeah uh-uh. i seen silence of the lambs or, yeah you know i see how this ends yeah. But I was like, what are you doing? Like, there is there is no way that I am doing that. If I was a woman, definitely no way I'm going helping anybody. Mm-mm. It's like, who cares if people think you're a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Like, I yeah, no, I'm not that guy. Yeah, because I was that was probably one of the most uncomfortable scenes because I knew what was happening. Right. I'm like, sure. oh, you dumbass. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Don't do that. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. Made me think of uh, what's that movie we watched last year? Black Black Van. What what was black that one? Phone. Oh yeah, the Black, black phone. phone. Yeah, with the van. I was like, oh man. And then he had like the cast on or whatever on his hands. He's like, oh my gosh, he's gonna beat her with that. It's a little close to home. I was like, this part could really be happening somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I never help anybody, Matt, and just. Live by that and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs I'm, to be a good person and end up in the too back nice of the to people? Yeah. But that late at when the later at night, that would have been an odd thing. And I think I would have asked them if they needed help from a distance and then started to realize like don't know about that. Also, if it was me, but they're not gonna him. he never would have asked me for help. So he would be like, No, I'm good. I'm like, You sure? Because you're weird. Why would you ask again? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you asked once is bad enough, but then you re-ask? Mm, no. He might change his mind, Matson. He might want a little bit of that red hair. <laughs> it's true. I'm, I'm not a size 14, so. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of those. There's a couple of, like, little. One of the other things about this is, like, especially in the wild or the Buffalo Bill house, like, there's some little quick visuals that you don't pay attention to unless you're re-watching it a few times like there's only one shot of the actual suit that he's putting together like when starling comes walking in she opens the door and she kind of has this shocked look and then they do a quick shot and you see like there's one leg there's a whole torso one breast like an arm and then there's an arm missing and a leg missing and you're like holy shit like this dude's really building a suit and you know, he's put like the part where he's dancing around, like he's got the scalp with the hair. Like, it's just like, Oh my God, this is creepy as shit, but he's got all sorts of, and there's some interesting other overlays that they don't talk about in the movie, but they do in the book. 
there's some uh nationalist socialist uh mm. imagery in the in his house and so you, if you catch that that they touch a little bit on that in the book um but it's you know he's such an like and that's the other piece like about Hannibal is like they're always using him to catch other serial killers because he's such a psychology psychological genius like he was a psychiatrist he had all these patients and most of them were of the same ilk right and like the lead up to him like if you read Red Dragon there's a point where because it's a prequel they talk about him helping another character find and then like how he was friends with this character prior to him being caught as a killer um yeah it's just intriguing to me like the difference in the fact that he can catch on to those and that he's treated them and like yeah just like so many nuances in this film that are like oh god it's so good so good so something that i didn't understand but maybe was in the books Mm -hmm. was what happened to mrs Littman or whatever the person who was supposed to live in the house did she die and whatnot or did bill kill her I don't even remember. I'd have to go back and reread. I don't know that they, I think they talk about it, but I don't think, I think that's who's in the bathtub. That was a body. Oh yeah. (laughs) That was, that was exactly like, I think that's the level of decomp that it got to is that I think that's her. If I remember right now that you're asking about it, I'd have to go back and double check on the book. It's been a while since I read this one, but I believe that that's the old lady. Yeah. Yeah, this dude's a mess, dude. Yeah, with a capital M. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing that they only imply in the show, in the movie, is that the first girl taught him to sew. Like, because mm-hmm. she was so into sewing, like, she taught him advanced sewing. Like, he knew how to do it to a certain degree, but she taught him advanced sewing and got jealous about her skin and, like, the how good her skin was and how happy like she was kind of one of these people that just who was who she was who she was and she was proud of who she was like the one person that she interviewed was like yeah she's just you know she was just a nice person and she was happy to be around and then like he was like fuck i want to be like that and that's how he ended up killing her the first and so it's just it's a mess but yeah that's yeah she's crazy all right. Well, I've rambled That's enough. Weird ass shit. Yeah. It's cre- it's a it's a whole thing, man. It's the the whole it's creepy. Creepy. Should we rate it? Let's do it. I think so. All right. This one was mine. I'll go first. As if you guys didn't know. It's a five for me. Um, I think this might be like when I think about fives, I give a I've given a few fives and they've been just great, wonderful. I stick by my fives but this one i think is as close to a perfect movie for me as there probably is um there's no biases to me like i don't look at this and go oh i have to forgive this or i have to forgive that but the rest of it's so good that i let it go there is nothing in this movie that i let go because to me everything that's in this movie plays to the point of the movie like making me uncomfortable teaching me about a character that i need to know a little bit more about like i just love this film because there's never a moment that I'm not 
on the edge of my seat uncomfortable by something, right? Like whether it's because, man, it's been a long time. This girl's been in this hole. What the fuck are we doing? Oh, goodness. Like Anthony Hopkins or some weird inmate throwing bodily fluids on. You know, it's just there's there's nothing comfortable about this movie. And yet I can't stop watching it and enjoying it. And that's partly because the filmography so good. The The acting is second to none, in my opinion. And Anthony Hopkins just absolutely steals every second of this movie except for when he's on screen with Jodie Foster and they play so well off of each other. Um, yeah. Perfect movie for me. Five. Love it. All right, Alec. My turn. Yeah. So there is one, I think, missed opportunity. Mm. And it's the fact that you have this scene at the beginning where she, or these intercuts of scenes where she's doing her FBI stuff mm-hmm. and you have that they get her over her left shoulder. Mm. I would have liked to see that come back in Buffalo Bill's house in some way, shape, or form. Because I was watching this first room she walks into, she doesn't sweep her left shoulder. And I was like, oh, you're dead. Like, I thought that was it. I thought that was going to be it. There there it is. Game over. And so I would have liked to see some kind of callback to that. And I don't know if it plays out in the books and they just kind of change it for film or whatever. But that would be my only gripe. And it's a very, very teeny tiny gripe because it doesn't, change the overall movie it would mm-hmm. just been something that i would have liked to see so sure. it's a five for me perfect movie um i hated every single <laughs> but <laughs> i will watch it again it's it's like we talked about this on our patron exclusive with birdemic how it was so bad that you couldn't stop watching it yeah. this was so good that it made me so uncomfortable but i'm going to go back and watch it again and I hate myself for it because <laughs> I know I'm going to do it. Um, do, uh, do, but, yeah. We should probably clarify do, the what you will be doing, like murdering some or just watching this movie. Yes. No comment. <laughs> uh, Matt, it's your turn. <laughs> you know, in my head originally, I was like, is this a 4.5 or 5? Then I kept trying to think, like, do I really have anything I don't like in this movie? The only, I mean, no one's going to be surprised. The pace of this movie, I already talked about it. It's not, it's it's intentional. It is a little bit slower, but it's what it's supposed to be. And yeah, it's a five for me. It's it's not like my, hey, what, what I can't say is this, and I said it earlier, is this is Anthony Hopkins' acting performance is in this movie in probably the, the top five that I can ever think of it. And once off the top of my head that come off our Heath Ledger as uh, the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix as um, in gosh, what, why am I forgetting? Which not, not when he played the, it was Caesar Augustus. What, what's his name? And yeah, whatever. Well, I'm forgetting is actor's name in gladiator. That was a yeah. I mean, bone chilling. Awesome performance. This is right there. This is in that same category for that alone. Those movies just crush it for me. While this movie isn't in my like Matson wheelhouse of like movies I gravitate towards, this is a phenomenal movie. This is a movie that should be seen by everyone, and especially those that appreciate movies. Um, and for that matter, definitely a five. Um, will I watch it again? Yeah, I, I think it's one that I need time in between because it's a little bit slower played. Because this is a movie like I've talked about with a Joker before, or sorry, with. Um, the Dark Knight Rises, you have to give it your undivided attention. If you have, you can't half-ass watch this movie because then this movie is not worth it. 
then then it's a movie that I think you're doing a disservice and you should just watch something else you can kind of have in the background. This isn't a background movie. This is, I'm sitting down, I'm appreciating the acting that's in front of me. And it's an investment. It's an emotional investment. That's why people don't like watching movies like this again or The Dark Knight Rises or some of those performances because they're so believable to a point that it's creepy. And that's great cinema. Love it. There it is. The triple five back on track. It's been a couple months of high rated movies. So it's happy to, yeah, I love this movie. So I'm glad that it scored high. That's what happens when we stop going to movie theaters and just watch stuff we want to watch. No shit. No shit. Um, So yeah, there it is. Uh, The month of AFI top 100 and and what we love continues on Uh, more to come with that topic. Uh, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us. It's been a minute since I've had you do this because we've been doing other things. But yeah, tell that is find true. Us. Happy to JJ. Uh, so once again, thank you for tuning in to Silence of the Lambs. Uh, thank you to Guy Pierce's South Pole, our wonderful patron for selecting this incredible month of uh, films, AFI Top 100, like JJ was saying. Uh, if you guys want to get involved in the content creation on the podcast and involved in the selection process, uh, join us on Patreon, where that's where all the voting is happening. Um, we also just released one uh, another Patreon-exclusive episode, another winner, right? <laughs> uh, so go check that out. That's where all the fun movies are. Um, other than that, you can find us on YouTube, uh, where you can see our smiling faces. With that, I'll kick it back to the Colossus of Clout, the great Bambino, a JJ. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks, Alec. And yeah, go do all those things that he said. And uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Wait. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinemagica.